Andy, secretly the smartest guy here. Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hi, Ben Senpai. Uh, Duncan. <laughs> Can't stop me, Andy. Hey, Ben. Hi, Duncan. And Jeff. Jeff won't be weird. Yellow. <laughs> you know, we've been making these podcasts since 2015. <laughs> we, were making these pod- we were making this podcast when Obama was president. <laughs> and this is the problem. And a whole other presidency happened that we're not going to talk about. And now... <laughs> We have a third president that we're mm. making these under, and y'all still can't nail the opening. <laughs> Welcome to Keyframe. It's a podcast where we talk about anime uh, in this season of the podcast, uh, indefinite, unbounded season. Yeah, which uh, season we is have it? Discussion uh, is, it topics. The, is it the fall season or is it the winter season? Yeah. Uh, I think this is the OVA spinoff that you can yeah. only get by buying manga volumes. <laughs> Oh, the one with the good animation. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna mail you some VHS tapes with Legend of Galactic Heroes <laughs> on them. And then at the end, just like Tachikoma days for Ghost in the Shell, which is a Keyframes episode. Yeah. We talk, about, we talk about topics. And this episode's topic is harem anime. What's the OTP you die on a hill for? Who is S tier? Who is trash? Um, I thought that Andy wrote this, <laughs> wrote this topic. <laughs> But it's Duncan in the middle of a psychotic break, so so he'll be explaining it to us. And then after the break, tune in. We're going to be talking about a couple of um, leftovers from the beginning of the season, specifically uh, Wonder Egg Priority, mm-hmm. uh, Nanan Biori Season 3, Nanan Biori Nonstop, and the movie Nanan Biori Vacation. Yeah. And we'll be talking about Dr. Stone, Stone Wars. <laughs> And maybe ReZero too, if we can fit No, that we're not talking about ReZero. It's officially banned. I will volunteer to edit to cut out all ReZero talk. Oh, well, uh, Ben isn't editing the podcast this week. Instead, it's me, Andy, and I've just come here to tell you that I watched all of ReZero Season 2 in a week, and it was pretty good. My only one complaint is that Subaru learnt the same lesson that he learnt the last two arcs. Anyway, what are you going to do about this one, Ben? It's in the podcast. Peace out. Bye. I'm going to become like the Cato the Elder of this this podcast, and I'm going to end it every e Re-zero to Linda S, I agree, yes. <laughs> that's a joke that's gone over me. If only well, I could speak- die and go back a few minutes and then repeat it so I understood the joke. That'd be good. Again, Andy, we made the joke last episode about how maybe you can, you just haven't killed yourself yet. <laughs> Duncan, take us out of here. Let's, uh, let's end this conversation, if not our lives, and move on to uh, the topic for this week, which Don't you is, betray me, Duncan. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is not top 10 anime betrayals. It is, in fact, harem <laughs> anime. So what is a good place to start here? Um, do we start with that immortal question that has forever vexed the anime community throughout mm. the ages? Who is best girl? Or- Some scholars <laughs> scholars have, have spoke about it, you know, mm. and- written many theses on who is best girl. Mm. How does best girl, best girl? Mm. Continue. And we, we've even done a podcast on Best Girl. We but have done a podcast on Best Girl. But yes. there's, in fact, another question I would, would, would put to you, gentlemen. What's the difference between a harem anime 
and an enemy with a harem. <laughs> I think it may actually be a fairly easy one because I think when it comes down to it, a harem isn't just a collection of cute boys or girls. It's fundamentally about the creation of a, a social construct which separates those boys and girls and, most importantly, the object of their affection from everybody else and also holds that entire relationship in stasis. The drama comes from threats to that status quo, whether it's a new arrival, rivalries between members, or the greatest transgression which can happen within a harem, someone threatening to leave it. And I think harem anomalies are are stories where the call to adventure is refused, where uh, fundamentally people just want things to carry on how they are. And I think part of the reason people like them is because they're they are so incredibly non-threatening we've i think we've mm-hmm. talked when we've talked about mo before part of the, the the idea behind it is like it's a very comforting con- concept and i think harems as they're presented in anime are like these incredibly safe spaces for otaku to to view this collection of of characters without the threat that any of them's ever going to leave or or suddenly change their personality. And that's that's partially why I think tropes are an expected and wanted part of this. It's, you're, you're looking out for the, those particular tick boxes. Okay, where's the Sunday? Where's the Genki girl? It's it's like a set menu, and you, and people expect things to be there. And it's, it's strange, because when we talked about best girls, like, a fair few of them were probably members of a harem in one way or form. And I think maybe that's because when there's so little plot happening, that gives side characters a real moment when they can step out into the spotlight and just... And that's why you end up with the, the, the best girl wars being particularly in, intense around around harems. But I, d- I don't know what you, you gents think, A, of my presentation of what, what a harem fundamentally is, whether whether romance is something which has to be present, whether or not... That stasis, which I think is the the fundamental sort of essence of of it, is actually something which has to be there. Or if it's just give me a half dozen cute girls and we're golden. I always find that mostly harem anime is kind of a wish fulfillment on the author. Usually just being like, man, I wish I was more popular in high school. Because that seems to be where 90% of harem animes are, is in high school. So that, to me, has always been the main driving force behind all harem anime. It kind of also inevitably sort of slips into the etchy realms of, like, To Love Vu and uh, Ichigo 100%, because they're not getting as much popularity as they want, but if they know that they can show a bit of pant, then that'll get someone interested and keep watching it. So Andy, um, just just a, a quick question on that. So you say it's wish for mi- fulfillment. Could you tell me what the wish is, if that makes sense? They wish to be popular with girls at school. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me if a lot of um, mangaka are probably not the most successful uh, or popular people at school. So it wouldn't surprise me if initially they're, ve- they're very much like, man, I wish girls who are cute would come after me. And then they sort of play that out. And then I think the big problem with harems is that you can't really get a harem ending. You have to choose one. Well, I mean, not all the time. But... Unless, you're, unless you're doing next life as a villainess, in which case you choose everybody. Or, <laughs> or, if you're, uh, or if you're a cowardly author and you choose nobody. Or yeah. if you do, you do the special one that Bokuben did, which was to choose every, to do every single ending for every single character, of which there's about eight of them. 
uh, is pretty good. And then have one official one at the end. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what Oriemo did, although Oriemo is very questionably a, a, a harem. I think it's actually interesting because um, I know that I, at least, and also, also Jeff maybe, like, tried to go back and watch, like, early prehistoric harem anime to try mm-hmm. to kind of get to the root of that. Um, I know you said you were looking into Techi Muyo. Yeah. Uh, I, I refreshed myself on Urusei Yatsura, um, which Wikipedia claims basically without any sort of substantiation is the first harem anime. Um, <laughs> it's, it's literally got two unreliable source tags on, on, uh, <laughs> on that. But, uh, but it's interesting because Urusei Yatsura, um, is very much the idea that there's this shithead who everybody, nobody should like, but everybody is kind of competing over. And so it's supposed to be kind of like wacky and unhinged. Um, but I do think that as the genre develops, um, I think that we do end up running into the first girl rule, which is that in harems, generally speaking, the first girl that the protagonist meets or in a gender switch situation, the first guy that a girl meets, um, is going to be their end game. It's just Mm -hmm. how they do it because like amount of time having known someone, um, is the most important thing. And so the other characters are often like not in the running. And that's, I mean, even with Urusei Yatsura, that's the state of affairs is like, he's going to be with Lum because at the very least she has superpowers to shock him if he ever, <laughs> if he ever betrays her. Um, and he hates that. Uh, he might be horny, but he's not going to leave her. Uh, but in, <laughs> but in, stupid. <laughs> so yeah. So in all of these, all of these situations, it's a way to just have constant romantic drama without having to actually like negotiate characters feelings um and i think there are very few very few uh subversions of this i think boys over flowers uh rest in peace is one of the few examples where um it's actually the fact that the relationships are so unstable that provide the like stability and through line for the story when really Mm -hmm. like most harem anime I feel like have this constant drama with all these girls jockeying for his attention. Um, and even though he's got the main girl, he's always going to end up with the Senji, Senjo Gahara or the, um, or whatever have you. So yeah. there is this kind of willingness to like have sort of brownie in motion of like human romantic interaction while still just basically telling a very bog standard love story. I don't know if you've thought anything different there, Jeff. Um, well, I think the uh, the big difference between like romance is sort of a thing in harem, but what makes it different from like a romantic comedy is that the romance must never be consummated until the very, very, very end, so that the whole series can play out like as if it is like a canon playthrough of a gal game, where theoretically uh-huh. any one of these characters could be the the end result. But we're just we're just adapting the main one with the girl on the cover of the box. <laughs> and this recently came out. Uh, there was a like a seven hour long documentary about Tokimeki <laughs> Memorial, which is one of the first uh, dating games, which has also been adapted adapted into an anime, which I didn't get around to watching. Uh, but it's apparently not very good. So don't worry. I mean, I would believe that. But it's <laughs> interesting because like one of the explicit goals of the game was that the original uh, maker wanted to be popular in high school and wanted to relive his uh, his youth. And you could see like even just watching somebody do a playthrough, all of these characters coming in and the drama being basically that you have to like, you can't just like shut down a relationship because if one of the girls hates you, then all the other ones start hating you because they start rumors or drama or wherever, 
so you have to like have you know play this like delicate like juggling game and that's like that's what the gameplay is it's like okay i have to like schedule everything and have to build up my stats but then it creates a storyline creating some kind Mm. of you know construct or social experiment or something that you know there's a reason why these people can't just be friends or date and find out and then go through those and break up like there has to be a reason why everybody has to be in stasis for the entirety of high school or the entirety of their youth if it's not like explicitly a high school Mm. thing well i was i was sort of as much talking about just like the normal social contracts things like clubs things like a school class like often you will have a harem and it will be all the members are part of the same club or, or all the members are in the same band or and they all love their, their manager or whatever. And it's, I think, like, a lot of that means is because it it cuts down on the intrusions from outside that circle and it, mm-hmm. it also sets, like, almost that expectation of almost self-regulation with, within a self a social circle which everyone does to us a certain extent no one actively well i i I, not not everyone (laughs) actively tries to stir shit in their friendships but some people obviously do but it people are used to a scenario where you have a group and everyone's trying just to get get along and i think like that as the the baseline assumption of a harem is that even if two characters dislike each other because they're uh, attempting to vie for the, the the main character's attention, they still have to... It never gets to the extent where they quarrel in a way that endangers that is one of them leaving that's so there's like you know there's like a reason why you know these people even if they you know they have conflicting feelings or whatever they have to stick together for some reason even if it when it gets awkward or even if it make would make sense to like oh i'm gonna blow up this group dynamic by starting to date that person and you know, mm. and that often becomes part of the the drama. It's like, oh, if I confess, then it's going to ruin the relationship, and I'm going to, and everything's going to break up, and I'm going to be sad. It's going to be like what it was before, and that also, I think, has to be present in a harem show. Like, I think there was, uh, I can't, I can't remember. I think this actually might have just been from that same Tim Rogers documentary. Uh, saying that, like, if you are writing a story like this, never have it set in college like always use something like high school which is like a hermetically sealed social situation where your whole life takes place in this one building and you have to be there you're not allowed to just leave Mm -hmm. which is why you know you have shows like uh uh honey and clover or that honey and clover like that came out last season whose name escapes Uh, me now bloody hell i know the one you mean Um, yeah march comes in like a lion no. <laughs> Go back and listen to our uh, summer wrap up to remember what that name was. But like, they, they, it takes place in college, and everybody has a job, and so like, it's just a bunch of like sad, you know, adults kind of bumping into each other in the night. But it doesn't have the same, uh, the same dynamic at all. Oh, hello, uh, fact checking Andy here, uh, just to let you know that the anime that Jeff is talking about is Sing Yesterday for Me. One that I think I watched two episodes of and then dropped, as per usual, but it's got a girl with a fucking bird. May I, I, I ask you guys whether or not you think some of the stuff we've we've outlined, which, in, which Jeff in actually brought up, like this idea of 
of wanting to go back to college or or school or whatever and redo it is perhaps why we see the this abundancy of harems in isekai well <laughs> the, the funny thing for me is that is that it is looking a lot of what harem stuff is predicated on looking back us being in our, our 20s or 30s and looking back at a time where the the environment was more constrained the rules were more explicit but i also think that a lot of harems um either by genre constraints or just just because that's the most author's predilections also have a very like junior high or early early high school like idea of love Mm -hmm. where you fall in love with one person um and you're with them forever if you're together with them (laughs) um and if they die you you're just a widow or a widower forever um (laughs) there's not there's not the idea that people like date and move on and stay friends or don't stay friends. So, so at the same time, it's looking back at the perspective of an adult, but it's also reassuming these, these very honestly childish rules about love and this childish idea, which I, 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 I'm sorry if I'm about to call by implication how, what you feel about love childish, but the idea that there's one right person for you to date. Um, and that one of the most important decisions in your life is choosing them and not someone who you also like a lot, but maybe isn't like your fated love. There's very few instances, I think, in in uh, harem anime or even anime that have love triangles of some of a character dating one girl, it not really working out and dating the other girl. I say that I say a guy dating a girl because let's be real. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, like one of the few examples is Ori Emo at where where uh, the main guy, I can't even remember his name because I'm, my brain's protecting me like that, but he dates Kuroneko uh, and like they date and they're pretty happy. And then she breaks up with him because she's like, you're still hung up on your sister. So you need to work through that and then then come back to me and we'll have a real adult relationship. And mm-hmm. surprise, he doesn't. He marries his sister. Uh, pretend marries his sister. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, so, a bad show. That but, is. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> Also tells off his childhood friend who's like, this is creepy. And he's like, you've only been around me because you've wanted to date me. And it's like, how is that not the accusation against you, <laughs> the main character of a harem do, anime? Do, do you think part of the reason that exists as a, a concept is because that relationship automatically keeps itself in stasis by its very tabooness that it, it's not supposed <laughs> in to happen? Feasibility, would you say, Duncan? <laughs> Yeah, the, like, the invisibility sh- of marrying your biological sister. Yeah. Like it, it shouldn't be something he's even considering. So therefore, there's the fact that they keep the whole thing in stasis is is fine. In fact, good. they're going to they're going <laughs> to pretend to be married for two years until she graduates high until she graduates high school, and then they're going to break up and have perfectly normal lives after that, which is yeah. probably the, the biggest the biggest reach I've ever had an anime do. <laughs> Just be like they're going to be normal after two years of pretending to be married to each other. Brother and sister. Let's stop talking about Ori, you know. <laughs> yes, but, um, please. But yeah, why I, did someone bring yeah. that up? <laughs> I mean, but, we can talk it... about we can talk about the show that came after Ori Emo, uh, Manga Sensei, which is also kind of similar po- concept, but less creepy because they're not biologically related. Um, <laughs> yeah, just raised together. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be okay. I'll continue to. Uh, but but so but in that show, I, I can't recall. Is it still there's there is the OTP that the show is always angling towards? Because it's very funny when like I look at the origin of of Harem and they're always like Love Hina is like the origin of Harem. And Love Hina is impressive for just being like 101% roll dogs for life, 
no exceptions in game. Like his first girl is like the girl he likes. And then there's just like a half dozen other girls that he kind of just puts up with being around him and being nice to him. And so it's interesting that even like the beginning of the first deliberately made like harem anime, there is a best girl. There is an OTP. There is one focus. So like, I think it is funny how like few times, how few harem anime or reverse harems, if we're talking about gender swapped or even remixed versions, how few of them actually have the main character playing the field versus just putting up with some bullshit until he gets to end up with his, with his true (laughs) love at the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, with without a manga sensei it's one of those weird things where i guess this is also in a lot of horror animes where um it is a date like they all have their own weird confessions and you can always imagine from there on how their relationship would continue <laughs> but like it, it's i think that's just part of it like what is attractive is that you get a bunch of characters whether they be guys or girls that you form an attachment with and then as the main character is a potato kun, which is a you know, which is mostly harem anime, sort of where we get that phrase from. Uh, it's like you get these XPs for yourself, and then if you're if you really like, uh, like the elf character, I can't remember what she's called now, <laughs> but like you, you then be like, yeah, okay, this is the relationship that like I can see myself in this, and it's wish fulfillment on so many levels. Uh, mm-hmm. And but this is what I guess what people enjoy about harm anime is, is they just focus on the one character, which is where best girls come from is because they, yeah. just, they just focus on the characters they like the most. Mm-hmm. And um, it gives, it gives Dojin people plenty of fodder for making lots and yeah. lots of fodder. And, so, and I also think that with like Odaimo, especially like you have, he's a light author, a light novel author, author who's doing things online. And it's basically just feels like he's just reading the room of the fans uh, <laughs> as to what what they should what they want as a proper ending and opposed to say sort of like i don't know quintessential quintuplets which famously ended without the person that everybody everybody wanted and just went with a completely random fucker and you're just like how uh, those are the fun- those are the funny situations where they either haven't <laughs> read the room or this is the second time i've been tempted because when i was talking about like junior high rules of love i was thinking of referencing a different youtube video video jenny nicholson's uh vampire diaries video <laughs> um but with that one there was the example where the guy that everyone liked was not the guy that the publisher wanted them to end up with and so they fired the author from the series and had a new person <laughs> do it and lost, and lost a bunch of their audience and so there is like does that have i mean i think that is part of why they signpost like the first girl stuff so much is so that you're not like is so that the audience is already prepared to accept that the world's most fucking boring girl is going to be the one he's going to end up with. Have Have you read like uh, Ichigo 100% does not end up with bit main girl in that as well. And you're just like, why? Like you brought that up before. Yeah. 90, um, 80% of that story is all of them. And then it's like this random photographer, blonde lady. And I, I don't think there's much to it. I just think it's literally like, you know, did people revolt though? Did like fans revolt at that? Because I feel like people get mad. I don't know. It was in like the early two thousands or nineties when that show finished, so I doubt that people. So it's not no forums or Twitter Twitter <laughs> mobs. So, yeah, people were that angry. Um, Would you say that Rui or Hina was was main girl in Domestic Girlfriend? Um, that whole, that whole series was just a shell game. To... <laughs> like, 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 it, it was just like, it was like, is it, is it rude because she was the first in the first series or was it the Hina because he loved her before that? And it was just that. And then like, you know, I was like, 
the end of it was like she's in a coma but it's her kid but she's gonna go away and then she wakes up and they're together and it's like oh god like it it was just like pure like it was just melodrama for the sake of it and it was like i mean i ate it up like i enjoyed it i read that whole series (laughs) but like it was it was like it was just like aggressively like we're just we're just playing with you we're playing with your heart Fuck you, go go to hell. <laughs> I, I do think like that's like a sort of subgenre within Heron where you have like the the there's like a main romance and a, a rival, and then there are other supposed rivals, but they're never actually serious rivals. They just thought like, yeah, they, they I, I will try and seduce main character, and then that that just just goes to prove why he loves one of the two main girls. I actually wanted to bring up uh, Hagenai which I think is one of the most fun deconstructions of harems because it similarly, like, you know, sets up the main girl who is, like, unquestionably the worst girl, bar none, (laughs) Yozura, who is, like, she's nasty and she's stupid and she, you know... Cruel. She's very cruel. Yeah, she's cruel. She's thoughtless. But, you know, she starts this club to, like, oh, we have no friends, so we're going to have, you know... a a club of like seven hot chicks and one guy whose whole thing is oh we're gonna practice being friends so that we can make friends and then there's another guy yeah that's and two then, guys you know jeff <laughs> but then it also reveals that this whole dynamic is just like the main character who is refusing to like acknowledge anybody's feelings because you know it's like oh he he's just too thick he doesn't realize that all these girls like him but it's like no he's He's very perfectly aware, but he's intentionally doing nothing about it because he's terrified of anything happening in his life. Well, and also, also multiple of those girls would throw a hiss fit and then never talk to him again if if they didn't feel like he was giving them special attention to. Like, Haganai mm-hmm. is, is pretty bad about trying to have it both ways. And it kind of reminds me of, like, a rent-a-girlfriend, too, where, like, <laughs> yes. like who I don't want these characters to end up with each other. It's very yeah. weird when that happens in, in, in harem anime. And honestly, like... My favorite character in Rent a Girlfriend is is Sumi, the girl who's like barely involved. Like she's just as far away from the mess as possible. So I'm like, yes, you're pure. You haven't been infected by the zombie virus that's that's slowly claiming the brains of everyone else in this anime. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Like again, like with Rent a Girlfriend, it's a perfect example of it. It's, it's not about who you're not talking as to who you want him to be with. You're sort of more thinking about who yourself would like to be with out of those three. Like. <laughs> You know, that relationship for him couldn't work because he's a needy cunt who just fucking, like, relies on these people all the fucking time. So maybe I can't even remember the other names of the characters that go with the blue ribbon. Maybe that's the perfect relationship Ruka, for him. Ruka, Ruka. The one who but, tries to... The one who actually wants to date him, like, as a real person. Yeah. He... yeah. Ruka, I like, I like Ruka. I think Ruka was my favourite, but... Um, God knows ben, why. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say also real quick, you were saying about like, you know, that one true pairing and it's like, that's them and that's it forever. But I also think that that's just kind of a juvenile thought on love just as much as the characters are juvenile when they fall in love. And I think that it's very probable that they're like, yeah, no, this is this is us forever. But because at the end of the day, you, you've, you've read like 500, like however many fucking chapters of this manga. And if they don't yeah. end up married, then you're going to be pissed. Yeah, it's 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 hard, and like I mean, I can I like I said, I'm not surprised that they communicate in so many harem anime. They communicate so clearly who who the end game pairing is from the beginning to try to like head people off who get like 
really they'll get really 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 in their head about about you know what's his face ending up with so and so and then and then that doesn't happen and they'll be mad so we have to like let them know like no there is the first school rule which anime is remarkably like devoted to it to the point that like andy has like three shows that he brings up whenever i mention the first school rule to be like oh it doesn't always happen out of these thousands there's three times where he ended up with someone else <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the exception yeah. that literally the exception that proves the rule. And but also, it's, it, if we're just talking purely the anime, like a lot of these animes, which are like harem animes, they don't see the ending. You never. It's yeah. very rare that a harem anime actually ends the same way that the manga does, because usually the interest of that show is dropped off by the time the manga ends. Um, and the manga is going for four hundred chapters, and the anime has adapted yeah. fifty. <laughs> but of those it's also chapters. very rare that any of those anime or any of those mangas end in a way that you don't expect from the first ten chapters. Because mm. it's, it's almost always like the case where it begins where you know Potato Kun is not only is he like you know he's a cipher, but he's also kind of a shit guy, and the first yeah. girl is like the perfect woman like she's athletic and cute and smart and she's the you know the captain of the baseball team and she's the student council president and the whole show is him like being in his own head and trying to like prove himself and typically and again a very childish idea of romance where you fixate on somebody and then you learn everything about them and then you make yourself perfect to slot into them perfectly and then you're together forever like that idea of like mm-hmm. this other person doesn't yeah. have any agency they are just this character like you know they are this trope and so i have to make myself slot into that properly for us to be together and yeah. the first girl being the the perfect girl who doesn't have any obvious thing for him to do beyond just being perfect himself means that you know he's fixated on her and he could you know specialize and, you know, again, very childish, but like, I, you know, I could specialize my stats in athletics and I could go out with the tomboyish girl who wears the bike shorts under her skirt and, you know, I could be happy with her. But like that, that is like a lesser path in the game and I would not be getting the S rank when the credits roll. I would be, you know, taking a, you know, a smaller path. You know, it's, 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 a, it's as much about him achieving his like, you know, his life to the point where he can and is allowed to date her by the rules of this, you know, fake world inside his own head. Mm-hmm. I think you've just revealed who your monogatari <laughs> OTP is. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I think that there's some of that, but I also think like the whole point of Potato Kun being a shit is that you, you're as as the reader, can see the flaws and know that you shouldn't act that way or be that way, and that makes mm-hmm. you feel better. And then watching him work through that, you vicariously feel like you yourself have done that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's nice. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and you don't want to, you don't want it. Although you're not necessarily supposed to identify with the, the protagonist um, at the very least, least you don't want him to be a better person than you are. Otherwise <laughs> it, it becomes a bit more of a depressing sure. exercise. Yeah. So they also have to be, they also have to be slightly more terrible than average so that you can be like, yeah, I could, this could be me too. Yeah, and so. I think it's like one hang up. Like he has yeah. to be, perfect or he's a clean freak or something like that and you're like well that's not going to get you anyone is it uh, <laughs> should, we, should we use this as the this discussion on potato cans as kind of a, a good jumping off point into some of the subversions of, of this because i'd like to raise one particular uh, potato can who isn't much of a potato can um which is uh, well 
There's a couple. <laughs> the, the, first of all, um, my perenn perennial or show I'm mildly embarrassed about, but not really, which is uh, Maria Hollick, um, which is uh -huh. a reverse harem, which isn't a reverse harem, because this is a girl who likes girls. So normally in any harem, the main character is uh, someone the male audience can project their own faults it onto and yet f forgive them and just he is still getting those girls despite all those being this lech this idiot all these things a potato commonly ha has but kanako is all those things she's completely idiotic she's horny as hell and yet she's she's a girl and so that has just immediately slammed down this 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 big barrier to every male reader or watcher uh, watching this from emphasizing with her and i kind of think it's a way of throwing it back in their faces going being like you want you want girls well here's a girl just like you and isn't mm. she an absolute terror isn't she terrible isn't she the worst girl and it's the other interesting thing about kanako's design is she's um, she's quite, she's strong and she's tall. Like, she's very not Mo. She doesn't need anyone p to protect her. She's more likely to, to, to barrel straight past any, ignore a man or just barrel past them. And it's, it's kind of like the exact opposite of what every potato con is. Like, she's mm -hmm. wanting to form this harem of her classmates because she's, He's read all these um, Yuri novels about uh, 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 classhood romances and she's become det determined to have one. And it's like going to the audience and going, you're just this bad. You're, 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 this, you're this terrible. You're, you're this, this, this crazy girl lusting after all her, all her classmates, even though they're com they don't reject her. They're just oblivious of her attentions. That I think that's kind of like interesting and enjoyable for me. Just like this, this character who just wants to be the the potato con, but no one is interested in. Yeah, I think that's often oftentimes like the two I mentioned, Sitokano Ichizone uh, a few episodes ago, and also Sitokaya Kuendomo are both sort of post harem harem anime where there's a character deliberately trying to recreate or create a harem, and the other characters are aware of this. Um, and are either grudgingly playing along or find it actively a turnoff. I think there is this idea of <laughs> of people who've played too many arrow games, too many gal games, <laughs> uh, and just like think that that's how the world works. And it's sort of a, a weird thing because they'll they'll play it straight, um, but also everyone will comment on it, which is what Japanese mm -hmm. comedy loves to do a lot of the time is to be like, "Isn't this weird?" Uh, calling out the the comedic in, incongruity, just like a, a bokeh tsukomi routine. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a series right now that I brought up um, in the in the last episode, bottom tier character Tomozaki, which is almost exactly like it, it is explicitly like the best girl teaching the shit boy exactly how to like you know, improve himself in video game terms, like in, like in, like in fiction, like that's how she's keeping him interested in doing this is that she's saying life is like a video game and this is how you train to get better at it. And so the, the episodes are like, Oh, in this, you're going to train in talking to this person. You got to talk to her twice a day for the week. And if you do that, then you, I'll grade you as getting like good points. And 
like but it but at no point is anybody commenting on the fact that oh this is just like a, a harem show or this is just like a video game <laughs> like it's it's so worked into the fiction that it's like it's like post 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 harem where it's like this is so <laughs> ingrained in the culture that he's like oh we're just gonna do this like we're just gonna use this format to help you the guy of the yeah. who is the star of the harem show i'd say like one of the most popular examples is probably konosuba because like kazuma is like a terrible terrible person but Aqua is equally a terrible, terrible person. Darkness is a terrible, terrible person. Mm-hmm. Megumin is also a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> as as a way of transitioning, um, and also as a, as a connection point, you were talking about how uh, Domekano, domestic girlfriend, uh, plays with the whole first girl rule deliberately. Nisekoi also does that, where he keeps having memories of having met a different character earlier, and he's got a locket <laughs> that they gave it to him. And it turns out that oh, multiple yeah. girls gave him lockets, and multiple <laughs> girls have keys. Um, and so it's just like, it actually becomes vaguely... It becomes like a murder mystery, but where they haven't given you any clues, there's just like there's just no way of knowing this because we don't have the the material for a for a deductive reasoning reasoning thing because like it all happened when they were six years old. None of them remembers it. Um, and so and the obvious answer is to like try the locket on the different keys on the locket, but the locket's locket gets jammed. So there's this whole idea of like subtracting either exaggerating and bloating or like subtracting and minimizing certain parts of what we consider the core formula. And I think there are two specific examples of things that I would consider harem anime adjacent, but not necessarily harem animes uh, of themselves. And the first is like the elongated love triangle, which is, I think we've probably mentioned a stuff, uh, a couple that are already here where the guy is choosing basically between two girls but but he takes a long time and there's just a lot of other girls around there who aren't even remotely remotely romantic options. Uh, like when people suggest or joke that Evangelion is a harem, uh, it's yeah. really a love triangle. It's really just a weird, distorted, distended love triangle. Um, and the other one is harems without, unfortunately, to use the, the parlance of the of the idiom, harems without a master, uh, just a bunch of date ready girls or date ready guys who just have no one to be the object of their, of their intentions. I'm thinking of like love lab, uh, where it's basically a harem where there's no guy except for the pillow boyfriend that one of them has, uh, and someone else's boyfriend who lives in Canada or whatever. So, and so there are these points where we, where we're using specifically resonances, um, tropes and sort of like stock situations from harem anime, but that are missing what we would consider to be the important parts of a harem. Like, someone for them to fall in love with or more than more than two people in the equation that is interesting about how this is kind of like diffused out into into like the water supply so to speak do you think um love has to be part of a harem or at least the prospect of love because i was i while i was thinking about this i came to the conclusion that um uh, land of the lustrous is actually a harem Oh dear. Which will, would have deeply <laughs> upset John. Yeah, it would yeah, have deeply yeah. u- upset John if he was here and probably upsets you all as well. But hear probably me, why he's not here. Hear, hear, hear me out. So you've got basically a classroom full of girls who adore their teacher, literally adore. Like they will do whatever he asks of them. Uh, they're all competing for his favor. They're never g- going to grow up. They. All they exist for is his praise. Literally, there's the, 
they take on jobs, do things just to please him. And so it's got all those, it's got that trappings, all these, these characters having competing for this other character's attention. And yet none of them will like, none of them are ever going to, uh, because they are quote unquote sexless, even though as has been many times mentioned, uh, these for for sexless beings they have got big big gem butts and uh, yeah they 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 thick thick gems not not those thin gems uh, ain't got no feldspar <laughs> here and and it's 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 very strange because romance is impossible for them they don't have gender so to speak they they can't do anything that humans would normally do to express that love but they all obviously love this teach teacher of theirs and he obviously has great affection for them but he, equally the the sort of und the running conflict in land of the lustrous is the one gem who wants to ask what's outside that situation who isn't content with just the 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 love and affection of her her friends and her her senpai who asks asks what else is out there and threatens to leave that that social thing and like it it occurred to me like they're they're all dressed in like um uh schoolgirl st- style out forms and this is like a weird little detail but F- foss the the main character um as she changes throughout the course of the um anime one of the the little details that changes about her is that she gets high heels like this is like a, a weird li- little thing but the one ca- i i find it like i don't th- think it's an accident that the one character who's decided that she's not happy living in this perpetual childhood and who is actively throughout the anime trying to get make herself better than she was to try harder to be more than she was previously is the one who starts showing adult signifiers and amongst this harem of teenagers and it's like even when we're told about their world like their world is where humanity has been split into three things the bone the flesh and the soul and they are the bone and the frets are the flesh and the soul. So it's lust and it's love which are the frets to this perfect harem. So there, there there's my there's my there's my uh uh thesis for land why land of the lustrous is a harem. But more Does anyone else want to get that off their get their get their troll answer it, off their chest? It's not a troll answer, it is a harem. <laughs> I was gonna say that if anything that that's I mean, it sounds like Land of the Lustrous is more of a Bildung's Roman, a, uh, a coming of age story, which might actually be the antithesis of the harem, which is explicitly a, re- a return to youth rather than a coming of age story. But where it's uh, like, oh, I came of age and it sucks, so I'm going to go do it again <laughs> and stay there forever and never do anything to uh, advance myself. Um, but <laughs> so, do you think like any harem then that ends with a, a romance is not a harem? So is so me and Ben both just eulogized over well i mean i think i think i think a harem ends when there is a romance so the this the saikano movie was was not a harem movie although the series was then. i mean that's that's actually why i think we liked the saikano movie was that it was that it actually it's like 
it's like when you watch uh, Ore Monogatari or My Love Story and you think, or when you watch Kari Kano and you think it's going to be uh, about these people like jockeying around each other and trying to find a connection, but in fact they get together and kind of grow as a couple. And I think that that an anime that lasts past the getting together and growing as a couple undermines its own case of being a harem anime because like if people are happily dating for an appreciable part of the plot then the point of the harem anime as we've established it over the course of several uh several dozen minutes of talking i think i think disappears i think that i kind of agree with jeff that once we see people get together it's not a harem anymore it's just kind of a, a wacky love story um that there has to be at least the fig leaf of plausibility that they could end up with someone besides their besides their first girl, their best girl, so to speak. But there's still, a, you know, the the women still will have the same feelings for them. I mean, how That's many true. how many harem animes have a conversation where one or two of the women have a conversation about how they both like the same guy and how they're not going to give up uh, their Random feelings? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Monogatari. <laughs> I have not seen either one, so. Uh, and Land of the Lustrous does not sound like a harm anime. It sounds like Duncan but why? trying to troll. Why? Just apart from not having an active romance, what what makes it uh, not a harem? Exactly that. It <laughs> doesn't have an active romance. Why? 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 Um, but, yeah. They have everything else you would would, would want in a harem. Like oh. I, I think all, almost like the the other interesting thing about about it for me once I decided on that lens was that if you think of it it is a harem we're seeing this harem from the perspective of one of the people who is lusting after the the main character after the potato cut and i think i'm tr- i haven't been able to think of any other uh, shows where we see it from that that perspective from one of the members of the harem rather than from the potato cut i wondered if any of you you had had any examples of that the harem animes i watch are very um I don't know. Mostly comedy ones. I mean, that's what's going to make when uh, my next life as a villainous comes back. That's going to be weird because the ending was definitely just like, oh, we're all friends and we don't need to be in love with each other. And uh, I wonder if they're going to keep keep elaborating that, which is the right decision, or if they'll be like, never mind. I actually am in love with a couple of these people more than others, which is the wrong answer to do. <laughs> I, I felt very much that he fell for the girl. It's just interesting because I think that that villainous is one of the few examples where like there are a lot of plausible relationships and the character makes the decision to like to be with nobody, at least at the end of the first season. Mm, so mm. it does. It is subversive in that way. I also think there's I I do agree that there can be some harem structure anime that don't necessarily have romance. I think of Princess Jellyfish as kind of a harem where um, someone is choosing like their expression of femininity rather than choosing choosing romance and a partner uh, uh i'm i hate i hate to break your bubble there ben that changes in the manga uh we're I, talking I, about the anime andy <laughs> I've, I've just True. realized there is this there is one and we actually really like it um and it's railgun because <laughs> um what misaka is in the wider index, it's things set up as part of Toma's ever-expanding harem, yeah. and yet we get an entire entire series from her perspective, which he occasionally intrudes on very rudely, and he is the most potato of potato guns, and God, really stay the hell away. Yeah, it's 
funnily enough, on my list, I put index. I didn't. I just skipped right over railgun because I'm like, of course, it's not. It's four girls who are <laughs> each other. There's no dudes. Uh, but index is very funny because it is also that kind of like that weird hybrid genre of like a shonen style anime where like just a large body of the characters kind of have low-key romantic tension. <laughs> and I wouldn't call it an, an, a harem anime necessarily, but it does seem like most women in the series just have an unhealthy interest in Toma, um, mm. <laughs> even though he's going to end up with the the childish little little like nun girl who has an entire magical book memorized in her brain. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think they, they, like, they, they, they seem to want to pair him with Misaka more than Index, I think. I think but... that's fandom baiting. That's my bet. I think it's okay. fandom baiting because Misaka is obviously better than Index, who is a ter- <laughs> just like a terrible pile of well, shit. Th- this so... is very true. This is very true. Um, I suppose like the, 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 like, the big examples that I, which come to mind recently are things like um, Dan Machi, which is, which is very much like even its title it's it's put it, it as as we were talking about isekais as the other week like they have to put put their their what they're doing in their title so people know and and it's it's about picking up girls in a dungeon and so it's 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 like it's right there and that's what he's done he's every every couple of episodes you wanted a harem tick and move on and like he's got that central old cast which live with him but yet still there's at least one or two members of every group in it who have like this as you say like this attachment to him um, and then they're just the curious, other one... they're just curious what's going on they're just curious how he's doing they're just really yeah. interested in him and like I'll be I'll say this as quickly as possible but the other example of that is ReZero because oh like they've <laughs> they I'm sorry, well, listeners. I did my best. Every, like, I haven't the, heard in, this anime. Explain. In the entire first series, like they introduce each one of these princesses, and then he goes on and impresses them, and and we're given the, the sense that oh, well, maybe he he has impressed them. Eh? Eh? I mean, that doesn't happen till like episode thirteen when they have the witches. The... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Sure. Oh, and, and for that fact, Andy, all the witches are pretty much hot for him. Let's face it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think that's kind of. <laughs> we can talk about this when the season is over. Um, <laughs> we can. Out of interest, what was everyone's first yeah, ever horror anime, and what was their first horror anime where they thought, "Shit, I'm watching a horror anime. Let's stop." Oh, I think, like, I as always, I end up coming at these things from the, the wrong direction. Now, I think the first horror anime I ever saw was Oran. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair call. I mean, it's a good, it's, it's a good one to start with, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it seems to be my, my fate. I, I got a really good introduction to anime. It was like they hooked me in. And after that, it was like, well, this isn't quite as good, but I can. It's like reverse boiling a frog, but with quality of anime. It's like they got <laughs> started off really good and slowly the quality of stuff I'm watching is getting lower. And, yeah. But it's not it's not doing it quick enough that I'm, I'm noticing. Uh, for me, um, it was probably either watching Love Hina uh, after a friend bought it at a at a anime convention, or Kanagi. Kanagi is another very weird harem anime. I'm sure I've, I've I'm sure I've mentioned Kanagi, and you saying it was trash. <laughs> I do think it's bad, but it's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but it it was it was something where I just I watched it for for the character designs i'm like oh no it's just it's just it's a hair man okay and then i think the one where i was just like oh fuck this i don't want to stop i want to stop watching it because it's a harem anime is hakuoki which is again a reverse one it's no tome based on a tome game where this doctor's assistant ends up meeting all of the shinsengumi 
during the Bakamatsu and falls in love with all of them, but of course is really in love with the, which was the one who has uh, tuberculosis. I'm just going to type in Shin, Sin, Gumi, tuberculosis. Going to really fuck up my search history there. Uh, Okita, so Okita Soji had, had uh, he, he is not as handsome as he is in the anime. I would say that he is kind of messy looking and balding and not uh, a cute, a cute little twink boy. Um, <laughs> who wants to hang out? But yeah, no, I watched that and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like it, it was so obvious that there was that there was a right guy. Um, and then <laughs> and then there are like forty episodes of just her being like, "What if I like this other guy?" And then after at the end of that arc, she's like, "No, I actually, don't like him as much as my main guy." And so it's just like literally watching someone date. It's like watching someone date someone else while they're while their significant others abroad, and just like kind of think, "Ah, oh, it's not really that worth it. It's not that great." I'll come back to it later. How about uh, the other two? I mean, my first harem show was probably Ranma One Half, you know, by <laughs> Rubiki Takahasha, Takahashi, who arguably, according to two unreliable sources, invented the concept of the harem show. Um, <laughs> and that, and again, like you know, very clear, like first girl who is arguably the worst girl, but there's what? never any question in the show. Like, like oh. half the half of the uh, the drama in the show is better people come up and very aggressively hit on Ranma. And he just like out of pride says, Nope, I'm sticking with Akane. That is who I am. That's what's going to happen. Go away. And then, you know, half the time he fights with these girls is because of, you know, I, I'm going to date you, you know, shampoos like, or the, the pizza girl, all of them are just like aggressively trying to get with him. And, you know, he's just like, Nope, it, it would hurt Akane's feelings. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it's it's very funny how Rumiko Takahashi, uh, <laughs> when she's writing, we she's talking about her process writing uh, for Ursa Yatsura. She's like, I picked sci-fi so I wouldn't have any constraints. And um, I picked slapstick so that it would surprise the viewer. And if I ever got stuck, I introduced a new character. And so it's like a very like orga- organic way to come up with a, with a harem is every time you get stuck, mm-hmm. you introduce a new character who upsets the status quo and then gets, and then the result resolution of their arc is them getting assimilated into the status quo and then you introduce a new character. And that's basically how harem anime go. <laughs> it's kind of like, like, like Dragon Ball, like, you know, Goku is sort of like, amassing a harem of former rivals who are now his bros and it's like well what if they were girls all right now we've got a new genre of anime <laughs> so you're so you're saying that harem anime is no homo shown in battler yep basically that sounds about right cool cool uh, uh, mine's probably uh, rosario to vampire i think that was uh an anime that i've watched two seasons of and i don't regret it <laughs> it's straight down dumb fucking uh, Harvard anime. I don't really no have much regrets. to say on it. You guys watched it? You should. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love being like, no. Why would I watch that trash? What uh, What possible in in that title or its promotional art would possibly move me to watch Rosario? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what moved me apart from I was just like I think I was just trying to consume as much anime as possible at that time. So I was like, yeah, well, I'll watch this. Yeah, I mean, I just I look at I look at like the like cover art and it's just like bad stiff art. Yep. Everyone's got rainbow hair. Yep. It just looks really boring. She's wearing a collar with like a with like a chain links on it. When when she takes off that collar, she turns into a vampire. Oh, of uh, course. With with blo- with white hair, different um, colored hair, Ben. Oh yeah, I can see. I'm looking. At, I'm seeing official <laughs> clips. 
very bad show. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I can't. I have no defense. I'm, I'm trash still. So what's new? <laughs> trash at <laughs> the beginning and trash forever after. Um, as far as the ones that I maybe watched, I, I think I still really watched Nisekoi. I think I just was like, oh yeah, I know how this is going to end. And then just didn't bother watching the rest. Um, it, it is impressive for how they lock into a stasis and then refuse to budge, even though they are throwing new character after new character, each of each of whom really likes the main guy who kind of he's like. So like a lot of harem protagonists, haven't you noticed, are just kind of like everyone thinks they're a delinquent, but they're actually not. They're a really nice guy. I feel like that's the one of the most common harem. Like even Araragi is kind of like everyone's just like, oh, what's up with this guy? He seems kind of like a weird asshole. And the answer is mm. he is. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. well, yeah, like that 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 show is just like uh, we've we've st- we've yes, spoken we've, enough about we had our Monogatari. own spin-off. We don't need to talk about that again. Yes, we can just we can debate whether Escaflone is a is a harem when that's coming up on our next tweet. <laughs> <sighs> okay, closing questions. Any any harems that you think are actually good? Good actually. Does does dragon does dragon maid count? Is that what is that what Duncan was saving? We've we've said Saikano is was a good one in the end. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, Saikano is interesting because it's literally taking the tropes and having each of the characters be avatars for the tropes. I know that I've said this dozens of times before, but it is just like oh the the childhood friend when they're making the when they're making the harem game that they're all making together the childhood friend advocates for the childhood friend being the the end game pairing and the like mature uh senpai advocates for the mature senpai being the end game pairing so it's very funny in that but that's just kind of more examples of harem anime eating itself <laughs> desperately trying to find nourishment somewhere yes. i mean I how think about this basket duncan do you think of fruit basket as an anime um i guess as, as an an, harem basket. anime yes yeah, I guess. Um, I think Fruits Basket gets by just by being so nice. Frankly, like <laughs> like just having a, a main cat, like having a main character just being too nice, and like the conflict coming from basically her taking on responsibilities and doing things which she shouldn't really do because she's trying to her survival strategy is to um be as nice as possible and that's actually the show's opinion on that is this is actually a bad thing and that you've got to learn to actually sometimes not try and be nice to everyone like there are times you have to criticize someone. There are times where you have to actually hold back and just let someone work something out in their own time. Mm-hmm. And like that's an interesting thing to have for a protagonist at the center of the town where people are wanting her to interfere, but what they show as character growth is her learning when not to and when to let them work out for themselves. And like that shows a growth of respect between her and that the member of that cast. Hmm. So I think I think maybe that's why I quite like it because you get these moments of growth and it's not them necessarily them getting closer without it being okay, them being closer means that they have to be now closer to being romantically involved. Hmm. It means they respect each other's boundaries more and they, they know when they need help and when they don't. And I think like that's that's a different like i think as andy raised about a certain anime last time like a character which has growth and it's not just one moment of growth it's these little moments 
and it continues and sometimes it changes direction within the scope of a show is good and i think that's that's why i enjoy fruits baskets despite it being a fairly traditional harem story um and yeah she she her i think like once again it's it's an example where there is like um two main love interests and then the rest are just potentials but never really um set up at any of the same strength hmm. so i th- i think yeah it's, it's it's just a as you say it is very a very traditional one in some ways but in i think in other ways like it's its attitude to allowing people emotional maturity is not something you see much in in Herman, which is perhaps why it's endured um i'm trying to think of any other like sincere harem enemies and it's i I think this is the problem right like when you watch a harem anime you don't watch it for the harem you watch it for usually like a multitude of other stuff be it like comedy or i guess in the basest way people are like oh well i can see a panty if i watch this show (laughs) unfortunately it's the worst ones (laughs) yeah when when you're having a harem anime there are literally so many more chances for a character to to flash their panties i have never seen more gusts of winds or people falling on each other uh in inappropriate ways than i have in a harm anime and i've I've never seen anyone do that in real life either um (laughs) it's ridiculous uh but anyway i think i think that's the problem poems suck (laughs) <laughs> Shall we have a break? Because I'm well, dying for a piss. <laughs> terrible garbage for babies. Next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely find myself resenting harem dynamics in an anime where I was not expecting to find them, much like I would resent finding shonen battler dynamics in an anime where I was not thinking about finding them. It's like something in my brain just shuts down. I'm like, oh, this is a harem anime. Well, least, or, oh, this least... is a shonen battler. Yeah, at least with like a shonen battler, then you're like, well, at least I'm expecting some interesting fights. But as you kind of well, we've said multiple times, that the harem show always ends in usually the same way, and the exceptions to prove the rules stand out more than the ones that don't. Uh, yeah. And there's thousands that don't, uh, and they just sort of become part of the fucking scenery of more garbage anime you just consume on a seasonly basis. Yeah. Um, before, before I, end, I mean, that's I that's a... why I was honestly surprised when I was I was looking up some random video from a uh, from Boys Over Flowers, and someone was like, "Oh, this is the best love story in the world." I watch it. I watch it every every couple of years, and I'm just like, "Do you? <laughs> <laughs> is are it? you okay? <laughs> yeah, like." Maybe if it's something? the only time you maybe if it's the only time I, I actually admire that. If like it's the only harem anime you've seen, so all the tricks feel fresh. All the time wasting bullshit feels like actual drama that like leaves you on knife's edge, because like yeah, it is it is just part of the furniture and it is just something that just blends into the wallpaper, as Andy said. When you when you've watched even a half dozen of them, they're all the same. So, uh-huh. so maybe this is a final question for just for Andy and uh, Jeff in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, um, harem enemies seem to be a, a great setup for a gacha game. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. do you think you guys have really of the ones you've played, do you think like a lot of them um, borrow heavily from the, the settings of harem? Because like I, I know me and Andy watched Princess Connect, and that is that's that setting is essentially this is this is a harem. Get used to it, and then just go, goes comedy from there. Um, I wondered like how common is that as as like an acknowledged setting, or is it just oh you just happen to be collecting hundreds of of cute girls? I mean Princess Connect, I. 
Full confession, you cut out uh, halfway through that, so I don't know what you're saying, but Princess Connect, <laughs> I don't think is a Harlem anime, because I don't think they have any romantic interest with the main guy. It's just, that's the XP that's used in the video game. So that's the XP they kept using. I okay. don't see there's any romantic intentions for any of them for that. But character. it is still it is still collecting girls for your museum of women. Exactly, but that's the that's the so gasher. The, but then the, you're the, going the, into the gasher element of like Princess Connect, which is weird. Like, oh, hello, it's uh, me again. Fact checking, Andy. Uh, after recording this uh, little segment, where I confess that I don't think Princess Connect is a horror anime, I should have also confessed that I haven't actually played the game. I am now. A lot further in the game, been playing it pretty solidly for now, and I, I totally disagree with what I'm saying. It is totally a Harbourm anime, they all love you by the time you get to rank 6. I'm a fucking idiot. In actual fact, they do play off on it slightly. It's quite funny. I wouldn't recommend that you waste your time on Princess Connect, the video game, but if you've got nothing better to do whilst taking a shit, go nuts, mate. Uh, that, that, that was my question, Andy. Um, where... Do you think gacha games have something in common with harem? Because you're you're essentially collecting this this set of cute girls. I think I... the the impulse to consume that particular medium probably comes from a similar place of like I like that girl, and oh look, there's an SSR version of her in a bikini. That's even better. <laughs> you know, in anime, that's just oh, that's the OVA that's packed in, and I'm going to have to spend thirty five dollars for a thirty minute show. But you know, she's going to be in a bikini, so I'm going to watch that one. It is it is weird, right? Like, uh, especially with Gacha games that are original, it's like you're basing it off of kind of very little, like fewer things. Whilst then you get like the Overlord Gacha game, which you then, or like even the Fire Fire Emblems Gacha game, where you're like, well, I know these characters, and they in the game don't have any romantic intent. Well, I guess Fire Emblem is different; they kind of do, but you know, like you don't have any romantic intentions towards them. You just kind of like like them as a character, so. I don't know. It's weird. Depends on the Gacha game. Is basically my answer. If it's mm-hmm. if you're talking Uma Musume and Idolmaster, then yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, when I played the Idolmaster game very briefly two years ago as part of a segment that never got off the ground, so we just never talked about it. But yeah, I did play it for like a month, and it is like there is like a romantic di- dynamic to to like picking a girl and like collecting the best one and like equipping her profile sometimes and like going on either dates or events with her. There is like kind of like the attachment dynamic of gotcha games sometimes feels like it has overlap with, with like the idea of like dating a large group of girls as Jeff suggested. But I do think it is just Especially because that that's, that's the dopamine mechanism in our brain that gives us, gives us the reward we want. You know, idol master especially has like, you're the producer and they all like respect you and therefore they look up to you and as a care as a person who cares for them and yeah there is like the whole love like bonding and love there is certainly a romantic like a platonic romance with all of those characters Um, chased a chased romance that's very appropriate for a gacha game yeah um which keeps you going and yeah like the fire emblem game that i've played obsessively for almost five years now there is a a mechanic it's like the support mechanic where it's like oh you pair this up with the main character or with like the avatar character and it gives them like a like a stat boost because they're like they're your you know that's your favorite character and you can pick any character in the game but there is like a little cutscene when they achieve the highest where they like they meet each other by a like a 
uh, a sunset and they get a little red thing on their chibi face and then they go up, you know, they walk off holding hands. And you could do that with like, you know, your best girl or you could do it with like the, you know, the big bad from the previous arc of the game who's like this like hulking like fire god with a giant <laughs> flaming scythe but he's like also going going red faced and holding your hand walking into the sunset <laughs> and it's just like it's 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 very cute watching nintendo sort of like going into this like kind of seedy system but still having a sort of like a weird innocence of you know oh it's like you know why would you not want to give this guy plus five base stats you know <laughs> If that's your favorite character, if he's if that's yes, if that's yes. an important part of your arena team, you want to get, maximize them as much as possible, and yeah, you so you fall in love with them. <laughs> fall fall in love with with like the Dark Lord murder murder field or yeah. whatever. I mean, how many Camillas do you need? Fall in love with all five, eight, nine, ten of them. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it sounds like we should wrap it up there. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about the anime that we've been watching. And we're back. For the second half, we're going to start out with Andy talking about Dr. Stone Stone Wars, the second season of Dr. Stone. So in Dr. Stone, there's a lot of people who have turned to stone, if you remember correctly. Uh, and then Senku, who is a, um, a kid genius, uh, gets revived and then is setting to um, restore the world to its former glory and fast forward a, a civilization and a world that has reverted back into its prehistoric days. Meanwhile, due to reasons, also <laughs> restored a guy called uh, Sukasa, who then sort of is basically ACDC or like a JoJo villain. Uh, and then they you can't have... just say basically like ACDC because there's a real band that exists. It's not just a JoJo <laughs> reference. It is, yeah. It's basically like cars. It's basically like cars. You know, you, you know what cars are. It's cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, from ACDC. You know, who knows ACDC? Yeah. yeah anyway, Stone sorry. Tendency, yeah. Also, Stone Tendency. There's a link. Anyway, um... <laughs> a Stone Ocean, my guy. <laughs> or battle. No, Fantasy. Stone Ocean <laughs> Part Six. Get it right. Stone is unbreakable. <laughs> so Senku and uh, Sukasa has a different aspirations as to how to rebuild the population and the planet. Senku wants to do everyone, and uh, Sukasa wants to only restore the pure ones in his eyes. Yeah. Uh, which then they are now sort of finally having their large conflict, which is why it's the Stone Wars, because finally they get to sort out. I don't know. The anime's just died, but. What I do really like about it is the recap episode is only half an episode. Unlike I know we previously talked about slimes being like a whole episode and being kind of dull. <laughs> this one actually manages to to sort of recap the episode, but in a very amusing and sort of like interesting way that didn't belittle it by basically having one of the characters, uh, Gen, sort of telling the story like a fable to the kids. And it's very funny and it's very sweet. It patches back the main parts of the story, but then 
mostly just shows the characters as themselves and sort of getting involved with the characters again, which at the end of the day is the most important part, is reminding yourself why you like these characters. Mm. And I felt the first episode does that like really, really well, better than what Slime did, which was just like, oh, and then he did this, and then he did that, and then he did this. Like, Gen and uh, Senku just managed to do it in a, a really enjoyable, really fun way. And I do think there's like this bar of quality that's happening recently with all these Shonen Jump shows and the bar's really high for Stone Wars. Like you just can't help but love Senku's stupid plot twists and stupid stories and, and like all the things that he does using science, um, which again, if you are not aware of Dr. Stone is that he tries to rebuild everything with science because he's super clever and he just remembers everything. Uh, so in the latest episode, he makes a telephone. Now he's trying to bring the telephone to the latest thing. But that's what's so fun about it. Like, how can you make a telephone in a prehistoric era where everything's broken, like nothing exists? It's just it's just speed running civilization, basically. Yeah, it's just clever. It's just really, really clever. It's always like that, again, Jojo reference of always one step ahead. There's always not like everything isn't as you see. And it's just really well done and really captivating. And it just makes me realize I, I just really love this series. And I think that it's a series that really is gonna, one to watch. I, I don't know how it ends. And, you know, it's fascinating. It's very good. But yeah. So you're excited. You're excited to, to be back. Yeah. When it felt like getting into a nice warm bath of anime, it felt good to be back. <laughs> It, and they nailed that feeling. And I felt kind of that way with the first episode of Slime, but not to the degree of Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone blows out of the water in my eyes, but yeah. Last time we talked about Dr. Stone, or at least last time I remember talking about Dr. Stone, I built it up as it being some kind of like techno-optimist liberal fantasy, just mostly to get on John's case, but... I don't know if I've <laughs> know much about it. Like the way you're describing it, like if I was wanting to talk about it in bad faith and it's like, oh, this sounds like anime Rick and Morty. It kind of sounds like the one main guy who is this like super smart, knows everything, knows better than everybody else and is also kind of an asshole. But everybody loves him because he he's always right. And he also knows everything. Is that is that dynamic in this show or is there like is there like a human aspect to it? There's definitely human aspects to it. Um, I mean, there's also human aspects to Rick and Morty, but that's not going to, it's a different type of human aspect. Like Senku is not an evil person. He just, he just looks a bit evil. Um, he's incredibly clever and he's always one step ahead, but there's a supporting cast. He basically falls upon another village of, I guess you call them tribal or a tribal village uh, who are really sort of the heart of the of the show. The first arc is him trying to save uh, Rudy, who's permanently ill, female character in the in the uh, village, and it just turns out she's got like a pretty common problem that like penicillin can solve or something. So he just goes about making penicillin, and Chrome, who's like another support character who is just really hardworking. And whilst Senku is a is like the driving force behind it all. There's definitely characters in there who have their own abilities and they have their own sort of advantages that Senku doesn't have. And it's very much Senku being like, unlike, <clears throat> say, other shows that we can't talk about where he doesn't, he feels like he has the whole world on his back um, and he no one can help him. He is aware of his own weaknesses and he's also aware that other people can help him. And he's very good at doing that. So 
and they do help them, and they're just they're just great, and it makes it an enjoyable show because they're just so much fun. Like I forgot about Kaseki, who's this old like gnome guy who every time he talks about some crazy thing that he needs to do, he just gets so excited his clothes burst off and he like shows his rippling muscles. And every time that happened in like the first two episodes, it just got me because I completely forgot it did that. I mean, that's just Major Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> yeah, or like everybody who eats food in Food Wars. Like, <laughs> I think, like I, I don't mind Doctor S- Doctor Stone. It's, it's kind of science project showman. Yeah. Like it's it's there's all it's it's all about like this this joy or when you find you discover how something mm. works and. I think like a lot of it it relies on carrying the audience's attention with you to match his like it's got a very quick pace to it and it, it wants to keep your excitement going and it wants <clears throat> you to be as as excited about him as as excited as he is about every invention he's going to make and that's good in some ways but it also kind of just means Every single time, it's what's the adventure going to be this time? What's it going to be this time? What's it going to be this time? And it, I kind of got bored of it after a couple, and yeah. it was like I, I need kind of need him to to for his assumptions to fail once for there to be any like there's there's no drama to it. There's never any. Is he going to succeed in making this adventure? No, of course he's <laughs> fucking going to succeed. He because this is a shonen. This is he's, yeah. and I think like. The the thing he lacks, which good shonen I think do have, is is what is that growth. Like he's he hasn't changed in like. Can you tell me any way that that Senku has appreciably changed since the start of the anime? I think that his biggest fuck up was reviving Sukasa, even though it, it had to be done. It was his biggest fuck up. Also, I admit that maybe he doesn't have um, a development as far as sort of the way he approaches things. Certainly as an emotional development, you get that in the last couple of episodes when he uh, realizes that the town that he is, that he's found upon is actually basically his dad's kids or like the space, uh, the SSS that was in space that didn't get turned to stone when they landed, uh, they, they formed a, a tribe as it were. Um, and he finds a, you know, a recording of what someone someone singing and that was really meaningful and impactful like that was a really heartfelt emotional episode and whilst i agree maybe he didn't change like there was an emotional weight there and i think that you know th- again we've shown and it takes a long time for people to to really i guess quote unquote fuck up big time um like and it will happen because this is a shonen show it's just you know you've got to give it some time there's only like 12 episodes of this thing right now or maybe there's 24 of season 2 or season 1 I can't remember um, <laughs> which in shonen terms is not very long I, I guess this is this is just butter baby shonen and yet to go into a 500 episode yeah, monster and, and what it's worth like the, the projects do demonstrably get bigger <laughs> and bigger and now and you know the, the telephone that I mentioned that's like they built that and that is now the thing that they're carrying. Like that is like the center of their whole strategy and the strategy is now changing from a, like a invention thing to a war sort of simulation as it were. Uh, and it's inter- like, that is interesting as a change to make it a battle manga, uh, which is what it's probably going to be in this season. 
but then also have these silly side school projects which take like I think he's mentioned like two in the last episode and, and they were just literally like a second long uh, and it was like it was good I thought it was good I still really like this show I think it's one of the best like uh, shonen shows that have come out in a very long time so Tsukasa's the, the bad guy right he is I mean demonstrably yes well, he's the he's the antagonist, and he like his whole thing is that he also wants everybody to stay primitive, right? Like he wants to reject the science. <laughs> I, he's thing? not against no. He doesn't want to reject the science. He wants to reject people. He wants to he wants to have like a pure. He wants to have quote unquote pure people who will follow him on uh, unequivocally. Whilst uh, Senku's saying, "I want to ser- I want to rescue everyone." Whilst what Sukas is saying is I don't want to rescue everyone because adults are shit and they are they are weak and they have flaws. I want to rescue only perfect people. The ideals that they sort of uh, quarrel on. Um. <laughs> it's essentially utopianism versus utilitarianism. Like yeah. he one of them wants to say, Okay, we've got a chance to remake the role, the world anew. We don't need to bring back the the complete idiots who ruined it last time we can just give the people who haven't yet fucked it up a chance to to live in this world and and make their own world which might be better than the old one whereas senku's like no i quite like the old world (laughs) tv yeah i mean face (laughs) give me a second yeah pretty much which Uh, i'm gonna invent invent right now i've got no problems i love this show I think it's great. <laughs> I I can't complain when like eco fascism is the is the antagonist for a for a shonen anime. So <laughs> another thing that I'm watching and I believe Andy and even Duncan are watching is the third season of Non Non Biori. Non 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 Biori. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Uh, non Non Biori non non stop. Uh, I also watched the movie as I implied last episode. I'm not wasn't going to watch the third season until I watched the movie that takes place in the intervening time. That's called Non Non Biori Vacation. I'll talk really quick about the movie and then we can move on to the third season. Uh, I liked the movie. I thought it was probably the best example of uh, of Non Non Biori that I've seen. Probably because they had to like make the plot last seventy minutes as opposed to lasting uh, <laughs> as opposed to lasting two minutes. Um, they go to a department store. The weird, quiet brother randomly wins a raffle that takes everyone to Okinawa. They go to Okinawa and like do touristy shit. Uh, Natsumi makes friends with the girl who like cleans their their inn that they're staying at, and then they go home. And I think the best part of it is that the older sister Hikane—I don't know what her full name is, probably Hikari or something—just randomly has a really bad vacation <laughs> in a very authentic way. Of where like she pops an eardrum on the flight so she can't hear properly, and then she gets stuck with the floor at the at the inn, <laughs> and then she gets nauseous when they go scuba diet when they go snorkeling, and then she gets stuck with the floor again, and it's just like someone having a really bad time and no one else is really noticing that someone's just having a terrible vacation. Which I don't know as someone who has done a lot of fantasizing about vacations over the past year, uh, since they're not quite as easy to do anymore it was just funny to like remember like oh yeah you can go on a vacation just have like a really bad time and come back even more tired than than before and it was just funny to have someone doing that and just like at the very end of the show she like hides everyone's snacks and like grabs the mattress so that no one can take off and she's like nope it's my last night i'm sleeping in a bed tonight so (laughs) 
um, it, it's a good episode. It's a good episode. It's a good movie movie sode for just seeing all the characters that don't get a lot of attention. I mean, so it's it's funny. It's funny, right? Like these sort of shows, they either do something quite meaningful with their characters, or they just go on holiday. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that Nottingham Bury, they just go on holiday. Um, it, it, work, it worked for me because it's just like, oh, they go to Okinawa and like just a bunch of jokes about how like, wow, Okinawa. Well, they, they go out. The first thing they do when they land is they go, they like go outside of their inn and there's just like a water buffalo standing in a rice paddy. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, oh, this is the sticks too, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like they've won an all expense paid trip to another like wildly rural setting with with not much to do besides admire the natural beauty. So I don't know. I recommend it. It's you'll have to watch on high dive. I think if you want to watch it, but uh, I thought it was funny. It's the best I've enjoyed non on Biori as opposed to the new season, which is reminding me of Minami K, but in the countryside. So I feel like they're running out of jokes, but obviously Duncan and Andy probably like it more than me. I think that's a harsh Harsh assessment of it, Ben. <laughs> I'm the only person um, who watches Minami K. Andy's like watched one season, but uh, I think a bit uh, of Minami K. It's again, I I guess it depends on how much of a time and how much of the same thing you can enjoy. You can endure. Personally, I really enjoyed uh, the first three episodes of Non Biori, but then I fucking would. It's one of my favorite <laughs> shows. <laughs> so to me, this is it's just beautiful just to have it back on telly and have it new and to. I just enjoy it all again uh but i'm completely fucking biased uh, i did like even like first came in you had renchon playing um the frog song on the mm-hmm. on the recorder and she couldn't play it right and as i mentioned pre-roll like this was a song that me and mids were talking about uh, a couple of months ago uh this is a call and response song about uh a frog i can i put it in the show notes it's a very silly kids song um, is it is it Kairo, Kairo no Uta or whatever? Yeah, Kairo no Uta. Kairo no Uta. Uh, but it's one of those it's one of those ones which is like Shalom, you know, Shalom, Shalom, may peace be with you, mm-hmm. like that one. It's a round. That's the term. The round. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Um, so so yeah, I I think I'm an episode ahead, but the episode that they had right now was a really enjoyable episode between Natsumi and Hikage and their sort of friendship and a really great bit where Hikage comes back home from school and she's like I'm back let's play and then the first thing he does is uh, Natsumi throws a ball and then breaks a palm plot <laughs> and then they just plot about how they they first be like we should either apologize or we should try and fix it or we should burn the evidence and then they go through all the options and then the parents not home so they're like oh, okay I guess I guess we should just try and hide the evidence. And then as the parents are home, they're like, we should apologize, but we should hide it first so that we can apologize and no one else finds out. And then as they're hiding the evidence, like the mum comes back and looks obviously like gets them all in trouble. And that to me is like the perfect <laughs> comedy setup uh, to non non It's great. <clears throat> Absolutely I've been enjoying the, uh, the, this season as well, because I'm also watching it in tandem with Eurocamp season two, which is an even bigger nothing show than non non So after watching an episode of people, you know, sedately going, you know, very, very easy camping in Japan, like any kind of tension or friction or like jokes is, you know, a, a welcome change of pace. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think Nonanviori, despite its reputation, does occasionally have things to say. Like in the the second episode, I really enjoyed uh, the 
the stuff with Hotaru, where she's just like her, her the trope around her in the show is like she looks mm-hmm. a lot older than she is, and that she's always it's always like oh you what you're an elementary kid and and like as someone who was like six foot at age. 12 uh, i i i think i i have a lot of empathy for for being read as old older than you were and i really enjoy this scene they have where she's on on the train home with her parents and she's act she's acting her age she's she's just being a big kid and like <laughs> so, suddenly she notices one of her, fr- her friends was on the train as well and she's like mortified and like that that really reminds me of like these times when i was as a a kid and like I wanted to like act act older and to act act, act like oh yeah I'm mature now but uh, and then doing something like then your parents doing something which embarrassed you or you doing something which embarrassed yourself and it really really felt genuine to that and I thought though it was really kind of sweet and and nailed that feeling of trying to act older than you you were in a very gentle but very very resonant and 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 way i mean that's funny because that's exactly what happens in the movie too where she's afraid of uh talking in her sleep or calling one of the other people she's sharing the bed with mom and so she <laughs> and so she worries about it and then someone is like hey you sleep yet and she's like no no i'm, I'm still awake and they're like, why? And she's like, I can't really remember. I, I had something that I was really worried about, but I can't remember it now. And they're like, well, that's great then. Go to sleep. And then she, then she's like, mom, no, five more minutes when, <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> when they try to wake her up. I don't know. It's, it is funny how, how Nananbiori just has the same jokes, but they are like kind of the concerns that dog us throughout the day. So they, the fact that they, that they recur <laughs> makes sense because we're persistently worried mm-hmm. that we're going to look childish or immature in front of people that we want to respect us. Yeah. yeah. So. And as a, as a show, like it very, very gradually layers the characters so that even though the, like the second season of a retelling of that same year, it's, you know, it, the, the, the callbacks and like, you know, the jokes would hit differently if you had not seen those first two seasons. So like, even though it's a show that ostensibly nothing happens, like I would still not say like, Oh, you should just like watch the third season. Cause it's free on Crunchyroll. It's like, no, you should go back and watch the first two because it is it like you know it's a very very subtle very slow burn even though there's like it's very like air light and airy and fluffy mm-hmm. and also just just to clarify just how fucking beautiful that <laughs> show looks at times there were mm-hmm. times in which it, it just revels in the countryside and it revels in like just showing some beautiful cloud and like a really like nothing house with and it just it's really romanticizing the countryside in a way that personally I <laughs> I totally wish I was there. <laughs> I really love it. That sort of summer countryside vibe. Really beautiful. So since Jeff brought it up, what what's different between this and something like Eurocamp, which is seems... Do you think, like, Eurocamp is obviously a show about people visiting places, whereas um, Nanonbiuri is about living in a place. Do you think, like, that makes the way we, we are shown in these places different as well? Do you think, like... It concentrates, whereas like like the money shot in Nonambury is like this close up of a, a small pond with fish swimming around in it and dragonflies buzzing over it or whatever. Whereas the glamour shot in Eurocamp is like this massive scenic sunset or whatever. And I feel like even though Eurocamp's like ostensibly the same love of the countryside, like it's like it it 
it by its nature is a, a love of the t- the tourist image of the countryside, whereas Nonon Bury is like the sort of experiential the moment. It, it tries to capture rather than a place, it tries well, to capture a moment. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it's trying, I, but they're both at the end of the day trying to capture the similarities. I think is that they're trying to capture that feeling of having free time, which as adults we just don't usually have. Um, the feeling of sort of sitting in like, like, especially the last two episodes of like Yudu Camp, where it was just like, well, what am I going to do now? I've got nothing to do for two days when she realizes that she's stuck in Ise. And it's the same feeling with Non Non Bury. It's just like them being like, I've got nothing to do. And what am I going to do? I'm a kid and I'm bored. Like, it's that that feeling that as adults, we just don't have anymore. Like mm-hmm. either we've got 101 commitments, we've got kids of our own or like, you know, we we've just we've got work. But the the, the big difference though is that in in Eurocamp, she says, "Oh, I've got nothing to do for two days," and then she proceeds to do nothing for two days and just like go to tourist traps and buy ramen and on uh, Nonambiori, it's there's hijinks and jokes and character interactions. But I still think, I mean, that's still doing stuff in both cases. Uh... I guess this interaction in Nonambiori is maybe what Jeff's saying. Like it's it's people it's. Eurocamp has a, especially this season. Perhaps why I've I've gone off it a bit is that it has a tendency just to just have one or two people going out, and their their interaction is limited to highlighting the the delicacy of the area or or a particular mm. way of camping, rather than like the bit I just described with Hotaru or the bit you you described with the the older sister and her friend. Like it's not characters behaving in ways which are resonant and teach characters going here's an advertorial for cooking stoves yeah 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 like Nanambiori is about those characters and Eurocamp is about camping and you're and those characters are your like viewpoint more like first and foremost yeah yeah although the latest episode when Nadeshiko uh, meets Rin and then they go to her grandma's house and then they also meet Nogashiko's like old school friend. Like that that is like what was really that again was a really great episode and a really lovely sort of interaction, like conversation where they talk about Nogashiko being like a bit chubby in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean I guess it's the problem, right? Uh, I enjoyed Rin's sort of solo camp adventure, but only because I knew Issei and I also was like, so where's the next place? And then bits where she's just driving, I Googled the place where she's at <laughs> next and been like oh, no, this does look cool. Like, I could probably go here. This looks really beautiful. So for me, it's like hitting everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really do enjoy that. But um, yeah. I mean, I'm still watching Eurocamp. I'm enjoying it. But like, not on Biari, it's like, it's there's definitely, like, there's more happening, even though there's, you know, as much activity <laughs> in the setting. <laughs> and I get I get a real sense of healing from non Biori more than I do Eurocamp. Mm. But that could just be me. <laughs> Well, speaking of healing, uh, do we want to move on to the big surprise so far of the season? I'm sure. Some of us weren't uh, surprised. You, Were we, Andy? About... <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, I had this pegged down pretty early yeah. on, I think. I was like, oh, this looks weird. What, <laughs> what, what made you think it would be? Because it's a, it's a no-name studio, no-name director, no-name writer. So. Exactly, exactly that. It was it was um, the flip-flappers of this season is basically what I thought. People have called them that, yeah. <laughs> it looks really beautiful. The anime, the, the PV makes it look gorgeous and sort of a really lovely, like, uh, animation style. And then it moves on to uh, 
uh, just a wonderful show. The the show seems to be revolving around uh, Otto I, who's uh, we find out through the course of her the first episode that her best friend or only friend um, has killed herself, and she has been told uh, in a dream sequence that she gets given these mysterious eggs, and if she saves the person within the egg, she can bring back her dead friend. Uh, I, I will interrupt to, to say immediately, Andy. She's not told that. She assumes that. Yeah, she asks that, and they're like, and they're like, sure, why not? <laughs> this is Wonder Egg priority, by the way. Um, I'm glad that that was picked up because I didn't pick that up. But I, that's the sort of <laughs> the thing in this show that I really hope. Like they set up a lot. They set up the school bullying. They set up the best friend dying. There's a really beautiful shot of her. Like there's basically a statue of her best friend uh, in over a school on the rooftop of a school over the uh, fence where you'd usually see someone drop off. There's a bronze statue of her and there's a really beautiful shot where I is just sort of like crouched in there in like a really homely like love position being basically hugged by this bronze statue which to me was like mm-hmm. a really strong like image for that first episode uh and sort of that yearning to have a friend back when you feel that maybe she uh upset her or like betrayed her in some way um and you don't really know it's it's setting up a lot of stuff that i really hope they fucking land uh and i hope that they have the gumption to do it because if they do revive her best friend at the end what a what a, what a cop out of an ending but i have a feeling it's not going to do that i have a feeling it's very much yeah, not well, they, that. well they've set up the dynamic very solidly after two episodes um at least as we we're expecting it to be of her getting an egg her going in there her like getting the crap kicked out of her and then finally managing to to do some to find something about the person that she's saving that allows her to to defeat the the creature tormenting them, which is always in the form of a of a, a distorted and caricatured version of the person who drove them to to take their own life. Um, but I do think that we've set up that dynamic, and now we have ten more episodes to go. So presumably they're gonna it's gonna complicate it substantially, and it can't just be her making friends with the other three people we see in the OP, um, who also appear to be using Wonder Eggs. Uh, wonder egg priority whatever to <laughs> to 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 do dream stuff um but yeah it's beautiful uh the relationships i feel like are very subtle and well observed um i think it's it's tackling a heavy topic with um lightness but not flippancy mm-hmm. in a lot of respects um and it's very deeply sad in in other places which is i don't know it's got it's got a nice mm-hmm. texture to it um I'm very happy I, to see that it's turned out like like this. I also wonder, um, sort of, uh, I going through clearly a large state of depression, um, and the I the the blurring of reality and dreamscape in the second episode is almost incongruous. It was really hard to know. Like, are these parents actually her parents, or is she speaking to like dream parents? And people, when they are depressed, they sleep a lot. So it would make sense to me that that sort of link is there. And I really, it's just setting up so much stuff that if they nail the landing, this could be like one of the best shows that we've had in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Always love to have that moment of like, oh, are they going to mess this up? <laughs> um, are they going to do a fucking perfect insider where it's like absolute bullshit? Is this a adaptation or is it an anime original? Anime original. From a guy who has worked almost entirely in live action TV before then. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure if, if 
you guys read the link I, I put in chat, but he's basically worked in uh, TV doing dramas for like a good 15, 20 years. He specialised in shows which dealt with um, sort of... I'm not sure how, what's the best way to describe it. Like, off... To- not, not Taboo is the wrong word, but like... Um, Topics like suicide, like um, LBGT relationships, like um, bullying, like homelessness, all these things which you're not supposed to talk Mm. about in in quiet society. And Mm. he made these these teenage dramas, and he seems to be fairly well thought of for for the work he's he's done. But um, apparently at some point he, he felt like he wasn't being allowed to tell the sort of stories he wanted to tell like he that the pushback against these shows was for trying to ask uh raise the profile of of these these things which are happening to people and to create drama around them became just the almost like too much and so he moved into a this this other medium where he gets a chance to bring in these surreal elements which you couldn't have without a huge budget mm-hmm. within a conventional drama and so he gets to essentially create this thing at one remove from what everyone was was considering uh, quite a controversial thing um and it's it is as 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 i think Beth, you just said ben like quite a, a difficult subject to tread around like suicide and bullying in teenage girls even even march comes in like a lion had to spend an entire season spinning up to such a heavy topic so that's saying Mm. something Mm. yeah and for this to come in straight into that in in episode one and it's it was kind of interesting that we in the order it told it that we start with I in this dream in this dreamscape talking to this um dead um a firefly and just being took to this this strange arcade and given this weird egg with letters on and not being told what it's for or or anything and then waking up then going about her day normally just like finding this egg in her bed by literally rolling over onto it which i i I love this this thing like her just the sort of like leaning onto it and her face yeah what what what's that (laughs) and it was like they've got such this it's incredibly deft touch to this their, their storytelling. They will do so much with a glance or with a it just a shift of someone's one's hand or feet. And we we get, as we get introduced more to I, we also get introduced to Koito, who is the her her one and only friend. And the the moments when they meet and like this. Koito's decided for whatever reason to, that she wants to get to know I better. So she's she's come to where I's basically hiding from the rest of the class on the, the stairs outside the school. She's talking to her and she asks her this this question. You can see I like flinch from the, that question, and Koito wasn't expecting that. And she's and something her like reacts to it, and you see her 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 change a little and late later. Koito visits I and like reaches out to her and you see I just like shrink back just like move her move herself out of the way and Koito just like reach still reaches towards her and like 
comforts her and I uh, seems to accept her on some level eventually after that. And there's the, the one thing I'm primarily concerned about is that they seem to be uh, working some m maybe light Yuri themes in uh, regarding Kai, uh, I and Koito's uh, relationship. Like there's there's definitely a bit of a crush going on on there. Why is that a concern, though? But but what I mean is is that they've brought up the idea that Koito um, is being bullied because she's too close to the teacher. She's too clearly painted as a victim early on to for for that to to, to pan out. That they're, they're, it feels strongly like they're setting up towards Koito not being what I think she is. And that's the fact that we're being told, okay, that the rumours about her in, in school is that, oh, she's a bit too close to the teacher. And and in the last episode, we're introduced to the teacher a bit. It makes me worry that they're going to like portray her in a a way which makes her seem predatory towards I. And I, I'm I'm not. That's a little bit. It, it, yeah, that's a real. That's an even fi finer line to thread, in terms of of victims per perpetuating their abuse. And I, I worry that any show would have the the finesse to do that. I, I it may yeah, not I turn out I, that, that way that at all. But it's just like, I, don't, I don't think of it as a strong possibility. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't read that in in that episode. I just read that as. Girls are bully, girls who bully just spread rumors about anything and anything. And there's no real logic or truth behind any of it. But that, but I didn't, I don't. That didn't register to me as a possibility. So I must not, have, I must have missed it. And I think the, the show just generally being a bummer. The, the, the obviously, you know, if she achieves the thing that she sets out to do, there is going to be some twist of the knife in the end, one way or the other, for sure. I, I also like just going back to some of the animation stuff. Um, so there's the the sprite in the second part is is very beautiful, as with and like very uh, animated. But there's a really beautiful part where I turns around with her weapon, which is basically like a a mace made out of a four way yeah. bic pen, um, <laughs> and uh, she says sort of like the fin like the cool line, which is like I'm gonna finish you off. And then instead of having like a really animated, beautiful attack, which she does get later on, she instead has this like really wimpy, like yeah. five steps and then a pathetic swing. And I really love that. Like that sort of small, like animation difference where you can tell like it's, it's shot like it's an epic shot, but the way that she goes and performs it is really yeah. weak and it's really well done. And then it obviously bounces off and then she uses the, yeah. like, that, that, that's a, that's a really good call because like especially her her her, her quote-unquote catchphrase is like she's obviously on some level like internalized the way she's seen heroes behave and like she in the first one she she shouts now i'm mad and when she smashes the the, the bully with this giant big pen mace and in the second one she 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 sort of tries to to recapture that but just sort of is self-aware and like fumbling in that and yeah. like i think the other thing is like the this this is like along with its amazing animation so far the the vas have all been uh, really mm. really good like and the, the the direction of the vas even like because like my favorite moment 
perhaps from the and I'm I tend to be a visual person, but like my favorite moment from like these first two episodes has been in this the second episode where she's fighting this uh gym teacher who had been who had basically morphed into this weird um almost um Depi- like a Persona Five enemy. It's it's kind of uh, I don't. Do, do you know what a, a Shinana gig is? Uh, it's kind of it's like a, um, a Celtic fertility goddess, like just like this bloated. Uh, it's like all the aspects of womanhood which men are supposed to find like disturbing and uh, things. So like it's huge breasts, like and like milk and big stomach and all that. And that's what the the coach sort of um, morphs into. She morphs into like this uh, parody of, of female adulthood, like, and while, while I's eyes fighting her and eventually thanks to cooperating with the, um, the the kid who, uh, who was being bullied, who acts as her eyes after she is literally blinded by having milk squirted in her her face um she she she's she's there and she's like she's done her, she's done her catchphrase and like normally that th- she's about to smash the, the coach with her 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 pen mace and she's done her catchphrase shouting now i'm mad and normally like that's the, that's the thing that's that's the moment you cut to to the hammer coming down but what it cuts to instead is to the this this kid who's been bullied like bowing and sh- and just shouting goodbye sen- yeah. sensei and just like in this absolute amazing vocal performance like just has so much like almost like absolute you know when someone yeah. shouts really loud and you can hear their vo- their their vocal cords like straining and, and breaking as as they do it. Like it was just absolutely amazing in shout. Like I've heard anime has so many people shouting so many things, and for <laughs> for for this one moment to actually actually really hit and like be like, wow, that 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 sounded re- real and that 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 sounded like it had so much behind it. Like it's it's been incredible that that this show, which I I was just expecting amazing things from visually as as it developed, has just like shown an ability to get these performances out of its actresses, which was just like completely unexpected to me. Yeah, it's just and like I said, if <clears throat> if it then manages to also land the storyline as well, um, I think I think it'll be one of like just an incredible show um but i guess this is what we're gonna have to wait and see yeah it's definitely it's definitely a, a pending piece of business but the worst it can be is a monster of the week type there's a new enemy there's a new person who needs a new persona smashed the best it could be is is a lot is a lot 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 more uh and i we just gotta we just gotta ride it out and uh fingers crossed it is a lot more um that's about all i can say <laughs> I mean, even shows like Madoka got a long way on just having a new persona smashed, so there's still possibilities for it to be great, even if it does mess up being what we hope it is. The villain of the week is definitely a weaker thing than something that has an actual arc, and like I said, because of the amount of runway they've given themselves, I'm pretty confident that we are going to end up with it going somewhere, just have to hope it's not somewhere stupid, which anime sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah, especially on a pilot on. Especially an anime original which not doesn't always necessarily have an ending in mind when it begins. 
Sometimes, mm. sometimes it's more likely to have an ending in mind than a manga, a manga adaptation. Though. Yeah, like Sarazamai, for example, is an anime original, and that definitely had a place that it was going. Mm. Um, I would say the, it, I like the fact that it is an anime original gives me more faith than if it wasn't. And there's no tie-ins. There's no like. There's no manga, game, and visual novel going on at the same time for this no, show. No it's wonder egg gotcha game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Completely so, ruined. So that to me gives gives me real faith that this is going to be something great, um, and we'll be up there in nine years' time when we do the best of 2020. The decade anime is hopefully will be up there. Yeah, that, that would yeah. be nice, but I refuse to. I refuse to risk my future like that we've had a, a rough, yeah. rough few years so it's just, it's so rare to get something which is strong both emotionally and visually mm. it's it's like you get something which is outstanding on one and you always worry it, it will will fumble the other it's like andy's saying it's like it's been so good with those with its acting and its its visuals we we can't but help worry it's gonna mess up the plot <laughs> It's easier to have to have measured expe- expectations for yeah. the third season of Non Non Biori or something. <laughs> <instead>. <laughs> okay, well that seems like a good place to wrap it up with a big old question mark for the future always hanging there. That's why it has the hook. Okay, so tune in next episode where we will be talking about humor and anime. Is it all just slapstick and word games? Yes. And yes, yes, Jeff says yes. Okay. So don't (laughs) tune in next episode. In the meantime, rate and subscribe to us on the podcast platform you use. Find us on Twitter at KeyframesPod. Find us on Facebook. Search for KeyframesPodcast. Email us questions about the topic or just about what anime you're watching. Tell us if you like Wonder Egg Priority. Uh, Email us questions at KeyframesPodcast at gmail.com. And of course... If you want to help grow this podcast audience or just have us actually have a mailbag that we can go through every week, uh, tell a friend. But not just any friend, Ben. I, I would suggest you uh, tell the friend who has a giant paper fan just like hanging about all the time. And then uh, you smack him with it and then you go, Nandy and Ann! Uh, and then tell him to subscribe. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Boy, boy, I hope our fans get Monzai humor. <laughs> <laughs> or at least get the idea of getting Monzai humor. <laughs> Yeah, although maybe they shouldn't, because the, 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 then it, we all know explaining the joke ruins the joke. Yes, yeah, better to stay in ignorance, where everything is just funny because it's that wacky animation from Japan. Say goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.